Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm your host, journalist Holly Rubenstein, and here each week I'll be speaking to a very special guest about the seven chapters in their life's travel diaries. From their earliest childhood travel memory and the first place they fell in love with, to their hidden gem and what's at the top of their travel bucket list. We'll be uncovering their adventures around the world and the travel experiences and destinations that have shaped their lives. Hello everyone, I hope that your week is going well. We have got a special guest indeed today who knows his way around both the kitchen and the world. A culinary maestro with a passport full of flavours and a heart full of stories. It is the wonderful Gino De Campo. Born in Naples in southern Italy, Gino inherited his grandfather's love and passion for cooking. And after studying at Catering College at the age of just 18, he moved to the UK. Soon after, he was spotted by a TV producer and quickly began to become a fixture on our TV screens on shows like Ready Steady Cook, On This Morning, and his own shows like Gino's Italian Escape. Much more recently, he joined his pals Gordon Ramsay and the lovely Fred Syriax, of course, a former guest on the podcast, on their much-loved Ultimate Road Trip series. Loved that show. And he is also the host of Family Fortunes. Not forgetting, of course, a restaurant empire, several best-selling cookbooks, even a children's cookbook. Gino's travel diaries today are, I like to think, like a beautifully crafted recipe filled with zest sprinkled with laughter and of course infused with the warm embrace of the places he's explored from the sun-drenched Amalfi Coast to the island of Sardinia the olive groves of Puglia to the caves of Matera Gino's episode today is a true love letter to his country of Italy and was just so much fun to record so many laughs we really had a great time and I know you're gonna love it so fasten your seatbelts, everyone, and let's get started. I'm sure you're going to be super nice. They are telling me you are the best. This is my first ever podcast, by the way. Stop. No, it's not. I did uh, uh, one very quick podcast with, uh, uh, I think a lady was called, the lady was called Giovanna. Something about mums, but that was a very quick one. I never had one podcast like like this, like one-to-one. I am so, I am so flattered. I was just saying to Luciano that when I started the Travel Diaries, over a hundred episodes ago now, that I I wrote... um, a list of 12 guests that I hoped would comprise my like dream season and you were on it Gino <laughs> so I am very 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 happy to be chatting with you today that is my pleasure my pleasure well we could have done this long time ago <laughs> well you know you're a busy man that's true that's true but you know <laughs> for for someone as nice as you I always find the time so it's fine. That's so sweet. And, and so you're back in the UK now, having spent a lovely long summer in Italy. How was that? I, it was fantastic. I spent a lot of time in Italy. I, uh, I'm just coming back. I think I spent at the end, it was about three and a half months. Oh, uh, gorgeous. And it was, uh, it was just, you know, I always remember at the, at the end of the summer how beautiful it is. To, to be able to spend the whole summer in Italy, I, I feel, my, you know, I consider myself so lucky 
to be able that yeah. at, at this stage in life I'm, I'm able to do that so uh fantastic and does it does it help you also to feel you know a reconnection in a way to your heritage to your roots yes very uh, it, it helps me in many ways it helps me as a man to kind of remind me uh, to be a gentleman reminds me the way i should uh, uh the things that i should eat the way i should approach work because italian people they they have a very different approach generally in life. Yes. It's not, it's not that they, you know, a lot of people, they say, well, Italian people, they're lazy, like the Spanish people, they always sleep in. Yes, I do like to have a nap every afternoon. That is my thing. I love to have a nap for a couple of hours in the afternoon. But it, when I say the approach, I mean the way uh, uh, everything is relaxed, everything is chilled. Mm. Nothing is a problem as far as Italians is concerned. Only such a nice, such way, of a life. nice way of life. So I got there, I inject myself with all these beautiful things and food and wine, of course. And then I come back here and uh, uh, somehow I'm more Italian than when I left. <laughs> yeah i can imagine <laughs> that's what, probably the accent as well i don't lose the accent because yeah i'm always surrounded by italian people i always talk italian and with my restaurants as well i'm eternally talking italian to my chefs and to and to the people outside in the restaurant so it's very difficult to uh to shake it off you're talking about um the quality the quality of life yes. of, of italians and i know that you spend your su summers in sardinia don't yes, you this I is do. where you're, you you have your homes and i'm sure that we will come on to sardinia as part of your travel diaries well, we today to. but <laughs> of course of course but um speaking about you know the quality of life i know you've mentioned this before i've read in interviews but i just watched on netflix you know the secrets of the blue zone live to 100 oh, yeah. series which about the, the you know these unique communities where people live yeah. to these extraordinarily long ages yes. uh, extraordinarily old ages I should say around the world and of course there's this region in Sardinia so is that near to where you spend your time it's about a couple of it's about an hour and a half away from uh, uh, where I live on the island of Sardinia because I actually live on the island of Sardinia I don't, I don't just go there on holiday I, I spend probably about six months of the year there and yeah, the right. place that you're talking about, I don't remember exactly the name of the place, but it's near Ostuni, in the middle of Sardinia somewhere. And I've been there, by the way. Have you? Yes, I've been there a couple of times. I should remember the name, but my memory is never uh, uh, as good as when I have to do these kind of things. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, yes, I, uh, uh, I've been there. And uh, I re one thing that is structure is a town full of elderly people. I never seen so many elderly people in the town. And, uh, uh, and, and I asked, I, I was talking to a doctor there mm. because I went there also for business. And the, uh, the only reason he could give me is 100% what they eat and what they drink. Yeah. Uh, I met someone who was 111. <sighs> he was a gentleman who was 111. Yeah. His name was Giuseppe. I remember his name was Giuseppe. And uh, uh, this guy was as sharp as you can think of. And, wow, and, and, 111. And he was telling me that the only reason why 111, can you imagine that? 111. Yeah. I mean, nowadays that, you know, we obviously, I, I don't think, I, do you think that humans now, they live less than they used to be before? I think, what's the average age? Well, 
on that documentary, yeah. I think it was saying, certainly in the US, because the host is an American, oh, okay. he yeah. was saying that the um, life expectancy in the US for the first time in a long time was decreasing. Ouch. And that was, I think, why he was particularly interested in in discovering the these yeah. secrets of the Blue Zone. So, yeah, when you're, when you're out in Sardinia and obviously having visited that you know pocket in particular yes. you know i imagine then you're you're doing the same great things for yourself you're having a great whole foods organic produce oh good, uh, 100%. Good wine. i remember when i was yeah. in this little town and the only thing i could think of please make sure you never bring your mother-in-law here <laughs> uh, uh that is one thing that i i wanted to make sure she would never see this town because the last thing I need is my mother-in-law to live until 120 or anything like that. That, that would make me, uh, <laughs> as much as I love Elizabeth, as much as I love Elizabeth, I was thinking, get Elizabeth out of this town now. Um, no, joking aside, uh, 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 that's the way I live. I Italian people that live pretty much like that. You know, we eat yeah. when everything is in season. And that, you know, it, it's, Holly, it sounds a silly thing to say, something that everybody says, but it's such an important thing to be able to eat when uh, your vegetable, your fruit are in season. It's, I don't know how many times I actually have to say this to people. You spend less money and you gain much more flavor by eating fruit and vegetable when they are in season. And that's one thing that Italian people do really, really well. Mm. Even today, mm. I mean, you know, obviously, Italians, like everywhere in the world, they still have mobile phones and they still live in this very frenetic life. But they are—they think about what they put in their stomach much more than we do. Mm. But it's harder to put it into practice here, I feel. It's like a broader cultural thing in Italy and on the continent in general. I mean, you know, it's there needs to be a shift in labelling and and just in the way that I think it's very easy produce altogether I think it's very, I think it's a very easy thing to do I think it's a very easy to do we are making this difficult that's the problem because if I was in charge of a part of the government where is in charge of this I would ban them I would go to the supermarket and say you are banned to sell anything that is out of season. And the reason why we ban you to do that is because we want our people in the United Kingdom to eat well, not to spend a lot of money in food if it's unnecessary to do so. And mostly things like, for example, strawberries that you guys mm. produce very, very well here is not a necessity to bring them from all over the world uh, on airplane and on boats and all of that. Yeah. So I would be as drastic as ban them. Yeah, or or if not, like tax it super highly so that you know it's yeah. But then, yeah, then that you know what? It's the, disincentivizing. I know, but you know, Hollywood. The problem is that if you start to tax these things super highly, then you will still have these uh, super rich idiots that will still carry on yeah. buying uh, strawberries. And then at that point, you never That's sorted true. out the problem. Yeah, I think when you got a problem like that, you need to be drastic it has to be like a dramatic way of doing it i know that we live in a democratic world where we should be able to do and and, and to say and and to eat whatever we want but there are certain things where we need the government to be stronger and this will be one of them yeah this will be one of them i talked to my little girl mia to my daughter yeah and she has no idea although she lives in a family where we are very foodie she still has no idea when strawberries are coming out, when apples are coming out, when is the season of pears, when is the season of this, when it, 
because it's not part of the curriculum of the school, it's not part of conversation that she has in the school. So it's one hell of a battle as far as concerning yeah. me. So uh, uh, I think we need someone strong in the government to do it. And it's making me think about your childhood because today, Gino, we're going to go on a journey through the seven chapters of your life's travel diaries. Oh, wow. And we always start at chapter one. This is like back to the future, but the other way around. It's like this is your life. Oh, you know? right. this is my life. All right. I've always wanted to do that. This is super cool. All right. But there are no surprise guests, sadly. Okay. Just me. Well, you are, you are my surprise guest, which is absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Gino. Um, and yeah, we, we start at the very beginning with chapter one, and that is your earliest childhood travel memory. My earliest childhood memory. Well, I, I, I don't have many memory of traveling as a child because I come from a family, we live it on a farm. And my mom and dad, hardworking people, we, I remember my family, uh, the biggest argument would always happen about the 20th of the month. And the reason why is because they could never reach the end of the, of the month with the money that they were earning. Mm -hmm. So very hardworking family, always trying to save money. But one thing that I remember, my father, because in Italy we stop uh, school at the beginning of June. Yeah. And we pick up school again about the middle of September. My father used to send us for summer holiday every single year, no matter how much it would cost, no matter, no matter how much money of debts he had to do, but that's what he wanted to do. So I always remember to spend June, July and August in the region of Calabria, which is in the mm -hmm. south of Italy. And we used to go to a, a, a little town which, by the way, Holly, my, sis, my sister still goes there on holiday, by the way, with this little town oh, called lovely. Palinuro, Palinuro. And we used to go camping there. And, uh, and what did Palinuro look like? What was the feel of it? Well, in my eyes, Palinuro looked like paradise because Palinuro mm. had everything that I, I wanted as a child. Even the fact that my first girlfriend came from Palinuro. So obviously I remember that because it was the experience of the first kiss or the first love and everything else. So for me, Palinuro has always been a place so close to my heart, so much so, Holly, that I've never been back. Really? Since I left what, Italy. Because you're worried it might have changed yes, too much? Yes. You know yeah. one of these of the situations where you don't want to go back because you think anything now that I'm going to see is going to disappoint me. And I don't mm. want, I, I don't want my memories to, uh, to get fuzzy. And I, I, I just want to remember the beauty. I want to remember the sunshine. I want to remember the things that I used to eat in Palinuro, the sea, fishing with my father, playing with my sister on the beach. I, I, you know, those were the time, Holly, where my mother, she didn't even know what it means putting sun cream on. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, do you you know, those were the days. Those were the days where the only thing I remember wearing was Speedo, because that's what we, uh, we used to wear in Italy, right? Yeah. We never had, like, shorts like now. Always in Speedo. By September, I used to be, like, the, 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 the color of chocolate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I remember, I remember a lot of sunburns. I remember, you know, <laughs> not all great <laughs> things that we should have done <laughs> but it's part of the experience yeah and so you say that your sister still goes there now so what kind of what 
what kind of holiday is she going there for? Is it's is a beach seaside holiday? Oh, yes. It's, it's the, 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 she's going to the same camping place where we used to go. That is how crazy she is. Yeah. Now she does the posh camping. What they called it? Like uh, glamping. Uh, glamping. That's it. Glamping. Yeah, she does that. Mm. But uh, still in the same place, it was very much based on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, with the sun, you know, we, we, we used to have, as I said, the only thing we used to have is a pair of speed or no, even a pair of flip flop. Uh, leaving the uh, by then we used to have a tent with my mom and dad so we used to leave the tent about 8 8 8 30 in the morning no breakfast just a glass of milk very quickly and we used to come back seriously just to eat we used to eat and then we used to be out again uh, it was very much an outside hardcore <laughs> summer holiday and that's a long time to be in a tent as well. Three months. Yeah, but we were only in the yeah we were only in the tent for two reasons. Yeah. One, when we were having a nap in the afternoon, yeah. because every Italian will have a nap, even when you're a kid. Or when, once we were in the evening, but we were so shattered by uh, the long day that yeah. it didn't really matter if we slept in a tent or under the stars or on the beach. It's, it, it, it would be fine. We would be oh, sounds very too. wholesome. Very, very, very. I don't know mm. if I could do it now. And and, yeah. and the other thing is, I always, I always say, I wish that my children would experience that. Yeah, but unfortunately, it feels like a, like you say of a moment. Yeah, in time. but the time is gone. The time is gone mm. for for me to you know for me to expect for my children to do on a holiday like that. Uh, it will be probably unreasonable of me to to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> you know i know that at some point i'm gonna get one of them who's gonna go that with all the money that you have why are we here in a tent so it's not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could give them like a a taster of it for a weekend one day well we how did, old is your little one uh, your little girl mia she's 11 mia is 11 right. oh she'd still love camping i would imagine oh yes 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 but it would be a very short camping trip let me put <laughs> yes although i have to say you're right because about Five, six years ago, six or seven years ago, I, for the first time, I rented a, a caravan here in the UK. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I said to my wife, Jessica, let's rent a caravan. I want them to have an experience of some kind of caravan, you know, tent thing. My boys absolutely loved it. Loved it. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. My wife less, but my boys, they loved it. Caravanning is really popular. I had um, the chef James Martin on my podcast last season and he just wants to be in his caravan. That's really the main way that he travels oh, James around. James is really big. Yeah, James yeah. is really big in caravan. And I believe, if I remember right, that James has a huge caravan that he yeah. goes around. Yeah. It sounded a bit one. more like a tour bus, you know. Like. Yeah, I think he's got one <laughs> of those, James. Yes, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you you grew up in Naples, Napoli, in yes. in southern Italy. So, you know, away from your holidays, what was like life like growing up in in that part of Italy? I was growing up in a little town called Torre del Greco, which is about 10 minutes away from Naples if you drive. Mm-hmm. Um it was incredible but yet very hard. Mhm. And um, how, and what and what do you mean by that? I think it was incredible. It was very good until I was about 12, 13, 14. You know, until I started the big, the big school. 
i.e. the catering college. Mm-hmm. When I started the catering college, then I realized that my little town was too little for what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and you know, Holly, something happened, which I don't know if it's right for me to say so, but so I started to hate the town where I was. I started to feel claustrophobic. I started to feel that everybody knew my business. I started to feel that I would never be successful if I if I lived there. Mm. Uh, and I I somehow started to hate it so much, the place where I was living that I had to go. And you ended up in my hometown of Guildford. <laughs> Oh, what? are you from Guildford? Yes, yeah. Oh, wow, one second, this is cool. This is cool because the first ever play, the first ever town, apart from Torre de Grego, it was Guildford. <laughs> yeah, I went to Guildford High. Oh, I used to go uh, clubbing in a place called, uh, well, you probably nowhere near as old as I am, so you probably wouldn't know. But I used to go clubbing in a place called Bone Jungle. Do you remember the Bow Jungle? No. No, see, see, this is shows how old I am. Oh, clubbing in Bow Jungles. Yes, clubbing yes. in Bow Jungle. I yes, thought, I thought you said crabbing. And no, I no, was crabbing. Like... <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't go crabbing in Guildford. No, 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 no. I'm talking about clubbing, partying, clubbing. Uh, well, okay, so in my day it was called the drink, but I remember okay. its previous incarnation was. Bojangles, so yeah. Okay, that is how long ago, uh, uh, and I can tell you exactly how long ago. It was 31 years ago. Hmm. And the reason why I know that, because this uh, last summer just gone, this summer just gone, I turned 47. It's it's a, a remarkable thing. You certainly don't look it. Uh, yeah, I feel it though. Thank you. <laughs> I feel it. But it's 47. And I turned to my wife and I said, uh, uh, Amore, because I call her Amore, my love. Yeah. Amore, do you know that we know each other for 30 years? I met my wife when I was 17. Yeah, a real love story. And I'm now story. 47. A real love story. So, uh, yeah, so uh, 30, 31 years ago, Guildford, I will never forget that. I used to work in a restaurant called Il Cambio. He did. Il Cambio restaurant. And I remember even the name of the road, which used to be called uh, Chapel Street. Oh, yes. That's a pretty street. It's a, it's a very little pretty street. Mm. And I remember the street because in the afternoon, I used to go, I used to be the sous chef, there, the second chef. In the afternoon, we used to go and pick up nettles, uh, you know, the spiky uh, leaves. Yes, yeah. Because our speciality used to be a, a squid ink ravioli stuffed with ricotta cheese and wild nettles. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so I used to go there. So this is my uh, Guildford story. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Well, Chapter 2, you know, is the first place that you fell in love with. I mean, if it's not Guildford, where is it? <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, I loved Guildford. And I've been back to Guildford. But I have to say that the first place I fell in love with has to be the island of Sardinia. Mm. And this has happened to me about 10 years ago. Since then, I had this habit. I think probably the mistake that everybody does. You book this holiday all over the world. You wanted to go see the Maldives. I wanted to go to see the Barbados, the Caribbean. I wanted to go to America. I wanted to go to Australia. I wanted to go to Cuba, Mexico, all these things that you see on the internet in books. And yet you don't see what is a couple of hours away from where you live. And I was in America. I was in America on a boat. And next to me, it was a photographer working for a National Geographic uh, yeah. channel. Yeah. So this guy was a kind of an old guy. He was in his 70s. So I turned to him and I say, oh, hi, we started to chat. And I said, look, you, you've been all over the world, right? He said, yeah, I've been in this for the last 50 years, you know, going around the world and picture, picture the world for holidays, for traveling. And I said, okay, tell me which one is the best place in the world that you've been, because that's where I want to go next. I, I, I thought he was going to say something like, I don't know, Fuji or the, the, the Bahamas or Hawaiian. He went, um, the island of Sardinia. Mm. I was like, is this guy taking the mic just because I'm Italian? He wants me to hear something in Italian. I said, no, 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 come on, tell me. He said, Gino, the island of Sardinia is the most beautiful place that I pictured. I was like, oh, this is coming. I swear to you, I turned on the other side where my wife was and I said, okay, look, uh, Amore mio, whatever we do, next year we're going on the island of Sardinia because I've never been. Two hours away from London when you yeah. get on a flight. Well, what can I tell you, Holly? I went there, I fell in love with the island. Oh. I fell in love with the island for many reasons because the sand is great, the beaches are great, the water, the seawater is insanely beautiful. It's like being be better than the Maldives. But then they got something on top of that. They got great food, great wine, and Italian people. Yeah. Now, yeah. this is not what you find in the Maldives. For example, if you go to the Maldives, yeah, of course you can be on these beautiful hatches on the water and they show you the picture and everything is great. You can swim with a shark. But when it comes to food, wine, culture, uh, 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 hosting, hospitality, they don't have it. They just don't. They, they're too young to have it. You know, we forget sometimes how uh, uh, culturally old Italy is. You know, what the Italian people done around the world with the Roman Empire and everything else. So it's, uh, it's, when you go to Sardinia, you just have everything that you need for an amazing holiday. And that's why I just fell in love with the place. We were just talking about um, Shaggy, that he was a, a guest on, on this season. <laughs> Don't say that because I t you want to know what happened now that you said Shaggy. Can I tell you what happened? Yeah, dude. Okay. Tell you, us. You were, you were talking to my son, right? Yeah. Uh, before. Yes. My son also happened to be my agent, the one yeah. who looks after me. And I was outside my office and he was talking about Shaggy. 
and, and then after a couple of minutes, you guys didn't talk anymore. I came in and I went, why are you talking about shagging? Why Holly wants to know anything about shagging? And he went, no, 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 Dad. No, 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 no. It's not shagging. It's Shaggy, the singer. And I was like, oh, all right. I mean, because I, I didn't think that was the kind of podcast we were doing. Um, I think he actually said that so, you, you love Shaggy was his word. So it sounded like Holly, you love. Now that you ask, I love both. Uh, uh, but I do love Shaggy, yes. I actually saw him about a year ago. Uh, Did you we actually? met we were in Ireland it was it was myself Shaggy and Sting oh that well yeah they, they work together so often don't don't they but but the reason I bring him up was um no, no, on what his, was the reason yeah what was the reason why on, Shaggy? on his travel diaries um we'll, we'll come on to in a couple of chapters your all-time favorite mm. destination and his all-time favorite destination is Sardinia no. So he shared a, 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 a love of the island, and I just oh, thought you no, might be interested. Oh, he never told me that. Yeah, yeah. So he'll have to come and that's stay so, with you, maybe. That's so annoying, because I spent about an, God knows how many hours, a couple of hours with them, and he never said that that was his favourite uh, place in Italy. How funny. I mean, he. it was quite interesting. He said that there were... He, having, you know, grown up on an island himself and living on an island, he yeah. was saying that the water, that he experienced different waters in Sardinia. So that he would go in one bit and it felt brackish and another one felt warm and velvety and that he felt that the different seawaters had like different textures. He's absolutely right. Really? I didn't quite, I couldn't quite understand it. Have you ever been on the island of Sardinia? I, I haven't. I would love to. I've been to Corsica. But I haven't been okay. to Sardinia. All right, you're very yeah. close. You yeah. were very close. You were about 20 minutes on the boat away from Yeah, uh, exactly, Sardinia. down in Bonifacio, yeah. Now, I know exactly what he's talking about because I feel the same. Every time I take my boat out and I go through on, on the coast of Sardinia, there are places where the water is different from 10 minutes away. How interesting. Number one, hasn't got a lot of salt. So somehow... You lick yourself. I, I do tend to lick myself just to test. A true chef. And that, I don't know, for, to me is great, the fact that it's not too much salt. Then you go in some places where it's warm, some places where it's fresh, but not just fresh. Fresh like you would imagine the perfect swimming pool to be fresh. Really? Uh, uh, then you go in other places and you're surrounded by fish, for example. Then you go into another cove and you're surrounded by octopus. Wow. Uh, there, there is a lot of dolphins on the island of Sardinia. So wherever so you go, nice. I'll guarantee you that at some point you're going to turn around and you're going to see a dolphin jumping somewhere. Another thing that people would travel, you know, 10 hours to to have that kind of bucket list experience, seeing dolphins oh, in to, the wild. To, swim yeah. with, to see the dolphin in the wild. Well, mm. you don't have to do 10 hours. You get on a very low-cost airline. You yeah. jump from London, you go to Olbia, uh, uh, and uh, you can see them very easily. I'm hoping very to. Easy. I'm really hoping to go there next year. Actually, I just can't decide um, about whether to go to the north or the south, or or the east or the west. What part of the island to go to? No, the, let me see. Okay, for which one is east? If I look at something, is he left or right? Right. Is right. Okay, so you need to go northeast. Northeast, right. Is that the Costa Smeralda? Costa Smeralda, yes. Smeralda. Yes. Right. Okay. yes. But one second, one second. Not because that is the most expensive coast pretty much in the world. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. 
No, 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 no. Because let me tell you something. In Costa Smeralda, whenever I mention Costa Smeralda, everybody freaks out. Uh, of course, Gino, the Costa Smeralda, Porto Cervo, Porto Rotondo, uh, you know, where all the mega yachts are. No, 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 guys. No, no, no. The Costa Smeralda, it can be done however you want. You can pay 200 euro for a plate of pasta or you can pay 10 euro for a plate of pasta. And I'll guarantee you that the 200 euro and the 10 euro plate of pasta are as good as each other. So how do you seek out the, the inexpensive option and know that it's a good one? A good alternative. Oh, you need to make sure that the place you go is full of Italians. Right. It's like when people, they say to me, I, I go often to Venice, and they say to me, Gino, which one, which restaurant you should go to Venice? I always say, look, whenever you see the gondolier eating in the restaurant, that is the place to go. Don't mm -hmm. waste your time on fancy restaurants. If the people who's driving the gondola are stopping there to eat, that is the place to go. Right. That is a very, very good tip. You just got to be eagle-eyed and spot them. You just be eagle-eyed. Whatever you see the Italians that they're chatting and they're outside the restaurant having a plate of pie, whatever they have, having, that is the place to go. If you see the tourists, run miles away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is, we're still in the chapter of the place the first place that you fell in love with. Speaking of falling in love, obviously we, we fell in love with you on our on our TV screens, but I was very, really interested to see that it was, you know, it wasn't actually your intention ever to, to be on TV. This kind of happened a bit by chance. No. I am uh, right now and for the last 25 years of television, because this is how long I've been in television, 25 years, I've been living, I've been living someone else's dream. Hmm. So it's never been my dream to be on television, never been my dream to, to write cookbooks, never been my dream to, to do pots and pans, all the things that I do. No, no, no. My dream has always been to cook and to own a couple of restaurants. That has always been my thing. Um, so uh, I, the television just happened. And it just happened that when it happened, I liked it. Yeah, and you were so, good at it. I, see, when you say good at it, I've always approached television to say, okay, if I'll do it, I have to do it my way. I mm -hmm. cannot be someone else on television. I can't. You need to be an actor to be able to do that, especially for so long. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it as Gino da Campo. If they like it, they like it. If not, it doesn't matter because this is not my dream anyway. That's quite so, a liberating perspective, oh, isn't it? Yes, Holly, so liberating because I think that is the reason why then I made it on television. Uh, the fact, the, yeah, the fact that I didn't have any pressure, I, I didn't have to do it because of money, I didn't, I didn't have to do it because I wanted to be famous, uh, I just wanted to do it because I liked to do it. Mm. And, uh, and, I, and that's it. And Anna, is it true that you were a private chef for George Michael before that? Yes, 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 yes. I used to work... Mm in Belsize Terrace, Belsize Park, mm -hmm. uh, in a restaurant called the Orchard Restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, since I said before I don't have a good memory, but I'm actually impressing myself that I remember. <laughs> See, in life, you remember so many silly little things, but then the important one, I never remembered that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I was in this restaurant called the Orchard Restaurant, and that was the time when uh, uh, George Michael was recording Jesus to a child, mm. the, 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 the uh, 
the album Jesus to a Child. Yeah. And he used to come to the restaurant every single lunchtime. And every single lunchtime, he used to eat the same thing, which he was tagliolini, you know, like tagliatelle, but very, very thin, mm-hmm. with fried crochets. Uh, that's it. That's what he wanted. Fried courgettes oh, and parmesan it? cheese on top. That's it. That's what he wanted. A creature of habit. Oh, yeah. He liked that. Uh, probably because he didn't have any cream or anything like that. So good for him for yeah. the singing, I guess. Yeah, so it was yeah. quite simple. It was quite straightforward, simple quite food. light. Light, yeah. And uh, I remember after two or three weeks, he asked the owner of the restaurant if he could have me for about a month by the time that he finished the album. So uh, he didn't have to come out and come to the uh, uh, and come to the restaurant. Yeah. I think I remember once he said it's uh, it's like uh, he didn't want to break the habit because he he, he believed in 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 like a lucky charm. Right. So he said okay. he, every time I can, he's working what I'm doing. So he didn't <laughs> yeah. want to break the habit. So he wanted me to cook the same plate of pasta. I remember I was telling him all the time, "Come on, man, let me do something different." Yeah, for you, for it's you. like Groundhog Day every single day. Like. Yeah. No, 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 no. I want the same thing. Okay. You, you pay. You can have whatever you want. Really nice guy. Really nice really? guy. Really? Oh, such a talented man. What a talented man. What I remember about him was the charm. Yeah, the X factor. He was the charm. He had something that nobody uh, uh, had. Oh. Uh, it, he was a true gentleman. That's what, I, that's what I always say to him. When people ask me about him, a true gentleman. Oh, that's lovely. Well, we move on to chapter three, Gino, and that is the place where you learned the most about yourself. Where would you pick for that? I think it has to be Positano on the Amalfi Coast. Uh When I was young, when I was about 14 years old, I had a a troubled year that year. Mm -hmm. My father wanted me to become a doctor. So he signed me up into a school which, which was far too difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really didn't want to go to that school. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the catering college. I wanted to be a cook like my grandfather, right? But my father was very adamant. You know, those days were the days that when your kind of parents chooses for you <laughs> yeah. what, what you should have been in life. So I was 14 and uh, I he signed up to the school. But Holly, I think I've been to that school about four or five times. I used to bunk off school every single day. And the school was in Positano? No, no. The school was in the town where I was born, Torre de Greco. Right, right. But what I used to do, because I wanted to make sure that nobody would see me around my little town, otherwise they wouldn't know that I used to bunk off school, I used to get on the train and I used to go to the Amalfi Coast. So I used to do Sorrento, Positano, Amalfi, just to waste time. Just to waste time. What amazing and, places to waste time in. I know. The fact that people from all over the world would come to Positano, and I used to go there just because I was banking off school. Yeah. But wow. it was so such an important place, an important time for me, because that was the place where I had then the courage, as a 14-year-old boy, to tell my father, I did not want to listen to his uh, what he had to say, but... I was already a man by myself and I wanted to go to the catering college. So that place there changed my life. The course of your life. Somehow gave me the strength to talk to my dad. I don't know what Positano did to me, why he gave me the strength, but that was the place that changed everything. And how did, and how did he take it when you, you 
had that conversation. <laughs> oh dear, 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 dear. My father was a very complicated man. And uh, he never raised his hands or anything like that. But he had this unique way of being able not to talk to you or to look into your eyes for a long time. And I think that he did that for about a couple of weeks. And that hurted me more. I, I wish he would have just beat the shit out of me. But then everything would have been okay. So I wish he did he that. Kind of bl- he he blanked you for a while. Oh, my God. He yeah. could have blanked people the way that only he could have done it. And that was really painful. Mm. And, and and then when, when he saw your success, you know, now, did he get to see your success, your dad? <laughs> my mom and dad, they died about 10 years ago. Okay. They uh, they both died uh, very short to one another. Um, oh, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. And, and uh, they kind of saw the beginning. You know what my father saw? My father saw the Ready Steady Cook times. Okay. Do you remember when I used to do Ready Steady Cook? Of course. Yes. The, the, the bonus of being off school sick with like a cold or something was that I would be able to yeah. be off and watch Ready Steady Cook with my mum. Ready Steady Cook, yeah. I remember that. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Between three and four. Ainsley, Anthony Ward-Thompson, James Martin. Yeah. Everybody was there. Nick Nern. Everybody was there. Yeah. The green, re, what was it? Red peppers and green tomatoes? No. No, red green tomatoes. Red, red, red tomatoes. Yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> I do like a green so he, tomato, though. Yeah, so they saw the beginning. Yeah. They didn't see the... Uh, uh, oh, actually, they saw when I won, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Oh, wow, right. So when I was crowned the king of the jungle, they saw that, and a couple of years later, then they, 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 they went. So they... So they your dad got to see that you made the right decision that worked for you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And never once, Holly, never once I threw it in the face at him that I was right to take the decision. Mm-hmm. I, I so wanted to do it so many times. You know, when you got a, you know, when you got a stone in your shoe and you say, okay, this is the time I'm going to tell it. Yeah. It wasn't necessary. I think as you grow up, you then think life is too short for this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, Chapter 4, Gino, is your all-time favorite destination, the big one, the hardest question of all, where would you pick? I think the way I sold the island of Sardinia, you're going to have to expect me to say the same. Come I, on. I, 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 I can't. I can't. Now, yeah, we can talk about uh, the Costiera Amalfitana, you know, the Amalfi Coast, the Sorrento, Amalfi, Positano, Maiori, Minori, the island of Capri. We can talk about everything, Venice. We can talk about... I, I will stay in Italy, by the way, yeah, in my old time. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know well. that there are many beautiful places around the world, but I don't like to travel that much. So well, I, you I, know, I think there is a lot of beauty in Mediterranean. It's not, a, I mean, of all the all-time favorite answers, Italy is by far the most popular answer from my 100 plus guests thus far. And, and not. Oh my not, God, I, I was going to ask you that, yeah. by the way. I was going to say, come on, Holly, tell me all the people that you spoke to. Italy and which Japan. One is, Italy, and, Italy Japan. and Japan. Yes, yes. Oh, at least I didn't say France. Yes. <laughs> no, not that much about. No France. idea how happy you just made me. Italy <laughs> and Japan, but was it Italy first? Oh yeah, yeah, Italy yeah, definitely. First. I mean, um, you know, there are enough answers about Italy to make a 
a mega mix of like three episodes, you know, and and in and all over Italy as well, which I find really yeah. But tell me, which one is the place that the people kind of tend to say more in Italy? What was it? Southern Italy, I would say. Southern Italy. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we are in Puglia, Sicily. Uh, Amalfico's, those, yeah. those kind of places. Yeah, yeah, speaking of which, obviously we're chatting also today because you've got your new show coming up, Gino's Italy, Secrets of the South. And I am so excited about this because a week today, I am going for the first time to Puglia on my holiday. Oh my. Okay, first of all, I would like to mention the fact that I was not fishing for you to promote the show. Eh? I just mentioned Puglia because he happens yeah. to be in the south of Italy. Yeah, of course. But now that you mentioned that, yes, the show is going to come out. And it's called Gino's Italy Secret of the South. Yeah, and you're exploring all these areas that I'm excited to visit. Bari, Gallipoli, Salento. Well, I did two regions. I, uh, I only chose two regions. I chose Puglia and Basilicata. Basilicata, mm. which is... In the middle between, it's rich in the middle of Italy between Puglia and Campania. And is it uh, Basilicata Naples, that has Matera in it? Yes, brava, brava. Yes, Basilicata yeah. is where Matera is, yes. Another destination yes. that seems to be coming up more and more on the oh, podcast as well. People beautiful. discovering it, you know? It's... Oh my, so beautiful. Mm. And that's where they filmed all the James Bond, Bond things yeah. there. And, and everything is like, it's like living 2,000 years ago. You really can feel how those people lived 2,000 years ago. Very, very beautiful. But yeah. Puglia. Holly, have you ever been to Puglia? No, no. This is my first time. I'm going with my 11-month-old daughter and my husband and my mum. You are going to love Puglia. Oh, you're going wait. to love the people of Puglia, but you're going to love the food in Puglia. So tell me about the food. I, I, what should I order? I think, I think nowadays, today... Uh, I would say probably the second, if not the first, the top region in Italy as far as food is concerned. Really? Even more than Tuscany. Because yes. because it's an, a cuisine that is influenced by a lot of the former occupiers of the region, isn't it? So that yes, it's yes. got a lot of inf different influences. It's got influence from uh, uh, Africa, believe it or not. It's got influence from all the Moroccan side. That's got influence from the Spanish people because we were conquered by the Spanish. It's got influence from the Greek, from the Turkish. It's got influence from everything. But somehow, the, the reason why Puglia is so great with food and ingredients because Puglia is completely flat. Yes. So it's called tavoliere, so a big table. That's how we call it, tavoliere, the big table. It's flat very big on in olive oil so mm. uh we grow in puglia all the uh the, the major olives that you can think of to, to produce olive oil is right. done in puglia is done in the south of italy and it's just great you're gonna have to try the burrata oh, you know the yeah. burrata the mm, mozzarella lovely. with the cream Beautiful inside cheese, yeah. uh, vegetable holy they are the best in vegetables they do vegetables really? in every way shape or form fried boiled sauteed and all that do you like seafood? Oh, love seafood. Do you like raw seafood? Raw seafood, like ceviche type thing? Uh, no, 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 no. See, ceviche is prepared and you put a kind of a dressing on it. Although right. it's raw, you put a dressing. I'm talking about raw food, raw seafood. I would certainly give it a go. I mean, they just pick up the prawns from the sea, they cut them in a half, they put them on a tray and you eat them. Mm, they pick up the so mustard from the sea... 
they open them up and you eat them. Clams, uh, uh, razor clams, anything like that. They so I need to get a, a seafood tower. A yes, you just tell them crudo, crudo, crudo C-R-U-D-O. Mm. So Gino said he wants to try the crudo. So everything that is raw. Okay. Okay. Well, I will let you know what I think. I'm ex- I'm so excited. It sounds like so my up my street and just that gorgeous fresh freshness oh. will be yes. will be. Really, when are you really going? Exciting. Which months are you going? I'm going in seven days. <laughs> in seven days. So this is a very good time because it's not too hot. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, so. I'm hoping uh, it'll be perfect. a good time. Yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. Exciting. It's sunny but not too hot. Yeah. So it's perfect. So yeah, that's what I did in the journey. I, I showed um, all the secret places that people should go in Puglia. And I did the same in Basilicata. We'll be back with Gino in a moment. But now we're going to hear from my mum, Barbara, who is making a surprise return appearance on the podcast. She's been invited in partnership with our friends at Airbnb to share some of her Puglian travel diaries. Because we are speaking today, aren't we, mum, on the terrace here in Puglia beneath the blue skies surrounded by Bougainvillea. Thank you for having me Holly it's lovely to be back. Well we are having a lovely time out here in Puglia and I thought it'd be nice for you to share a little Puglian travel diaries with us. Uh, So how about we start with your all-time favourite spot here in Puglia? Well, so far, I think my favourite spot has been Alborobello, which is a beautiful hillside village. Um, And really, it's the home of these truly buildings, which are the ancient sort of farmsteads. Yeah. Um, And Alborobello has over 1,500 of them. So It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's a centre for these beehive-shaped buildings. Yeah, it's a very pop it's probably the most popular spot in Puglia isn't it I think it, yes. there are lots of tourists if in high season it's very busy it is. but it's definitely worth it because it's the highest concentration of these um, absolutely it's properties. truly worth going to truly indeed and how about your hidden gem uh, I think that would be Loco Rotondo or the vineyards at Loco Rotondo. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very special place, uh, a white village up in the hills. Mm. Um, from it, you can overlook the valley, the Itria Valley, which is dotted with t- some of the truly uh, homestead buildings. Yeah. Uh, you can watch the sunset go down, grab a bottle of wine from one of the vineyards and go and sit and while the evening away. Perfect. Yes, that was such a special evening and were it not for us having a baby I think we would have spent a a lot of time there because um yeah you could sit there for hours yeah it's amazing it's on the kind of outer perimeter road of Loco Rotondo that there are these vineyards that kind of wrap the perimeter of the of the the hill hilltop don't they that's right and the buildings around the perimeter are these beautiful I guess 18th century buildings yeah beautiful balconies metal balconies where you these people that live there overlook that valley every day it's very operatic (laughs) didn't we think very operatic yes yeah so it's i think that is a real hidden gem um what did we did we get the name of that vineyard yeah um it was sirose Sirose. and i think they're known for their their rosé and their white and it's really quite reasonable wine so you can buy a big bottle yeah (laughs) and then people were bringing like these little picnic baskets and watching the sunset it was lovely and how about what would be at the top of your pillion bucket list because we haven't had so much time to explore the whole region it's so vast as we've as we've heard from uh, Gino today. Yeah, well, I think that would be Lecce. Uh, mm. It's a shame we haven't been able to get there, but it is, uh, it's quite a drive for us. Um, but 
it's known for its Baroque architecture um, and it's got a couple of very famous basilicas and beautiful squares. So yeah, I would definitely head yeah. back to go there. Yeah, me too. And while we've been away, we have, of course, been listing our homes on Airbnb as we always do. And the earnings went towards our flights, which was great. Mum, you've been a super host on Airbnb for years and you don't just Airbnb it when you go on holiday. You have guests staying most weeks, don't you, which generates you uh, some extra income, which is great. Yes, I, I live in a, in a barn and in the garden. I have a studio and uh, I have rented that out for several years. Um, people come from all over, all over the world. Many regulars come back and it's just great fun having it. It's a very simple process to be involved with and um, just lovely meeting people from all over the world. What, what would you say surprised you most about being an Airbnb host? I think the simplicity of it is, is just incredible. I mm. mean, n nothing could be more simple. I mean, the whole process of the administration, the banking, the tax, it's just such an easy process. Well, we've got a lot to thank Airbnb for. So thank you, Mum, for joining me on the podcast. Oh, lovely to be here. Thank you, Holly. So chapter five, Gino, is your hidden gem. As you say, you were uncovering all these secret places. What was your hidden gem when you were filming this series? Oh, I think it has to be... Hmm, I think it has to be Matera. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. It has to be Matera because it's not a place where that many people know. Yeah, it's uh, it, just it, getting onto the radar. Yeah, here. yes, it's just getting into the radar. And I really, the reason why I did this show, because I wanted to put it on the map for everybody to, to kind of consider to go to Matera. Yes. Uh, if you like the Flintstone, uh, if you have any idea of what people would, would how would they live 2,000 years ago, well, that is the place to be. Uh, they live, they, they have uh, apartments in caves. Yeah. I've been in places where I'm thinking, are you guys out of your head? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but they, they live in caves. It's, 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 it's Built surreal. into the rock, right? Built it into the rocks. Right. I mean, it's surreal. And everything is white. Everything is, is so... It's, it's like a postcard. That's it. Yeah. It's a postcard. Yeah. Oh, it just looks amazing. I don't think <laughs> I'll make it there this time. But it is a place that you could go to if you were staying in Puglia, isn't it? It's near enough. Oh, my, yeah. You, you can, it's very near from yeah. Puglia to go to Basilicata. It's an, an hour away and, and off you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great hidden gem. Yeah. And in complete contrast to wonderful Matera, um, our penultimate chapter, chapter six, is your worst travel experience or the place that you would never go back to? Easy. 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 I don't know if I'm going to be fair. I don't know if my reason is a good enough reason for me to, to not to go back there. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Please. About 10, 10 15 years ago, I can't remember. It's so much I didn't like it that, that, that I tried to delete it from my head. Right? <laughs> I went to Turkey. Mm-hmm. My wife always wanted to take me to Turkey. I said, okay, let's go to Turkey. I, so I went there with an open mind and stuff like that. I went there, I think this is where the problem was. I went there in August. Mm -hmm. Boiling? The, no, no, no. It wasn't boiling. It's like being in hell. It's the heat. He was so intense that I've spent two weeks, I swear to you, I spent two weeks in my hotel room because I could not physically breathe the air of Turkey. Were you on the on the coast, like on a coastal resort? 
Yes, it was a coastal resort. Yeah. Yes, it was a coastal resort. And, it was just and, suffocating. He was suffering. He's like, have you ever, you know, when you blow, when you blow your hair, when you blow dry your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Now take the blow dryer and shovel it in, in your mouth. <laughs> so hot hair into your mouth and you're trying to gain some oxygen into that situation. It was unbearable. Unbearable. One of the worst holidays that I had because I just could not enjoy yeah. Turkey as someone should. Do you think you'd go back at a different time of year? First of all, I would say to all your listeners that if you ever go to Turkey, please do not even remotely think to go there in August when it's too hot because you're going to have the same experience. And if you don't like the heat like me, it's just a nightmare. Yes, I should have gone a, a, a different month of the year. Would I go now? I should because I like to give everybody a, a second chance to go there. But unfortunately, I now live on the island of Sardinia. I'm so in love with Sardinia that I'm thinking, why would I even waste two weeks of my life or even a week of my life where I could be a week extra here? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, my God. I'm how sorry. lovely I'm to love a place truth. so much that that's how you feel. I think that is just so nice. Yeah. And it's strange that that's not the place where I was born, is it? Yeah. It's, it's strange the fact that I can love another place so much which is by the way Sardinia has got nothing to do with me eh? I don't have any relation to Sardinia I don't have any blood I don't have any family you're right you know I probably love Sardinia too much <laughs> yeah. well I mean our final chapter Gino is chapter seven and that is the destination that is at the top of your travel bucket list I mean, you want to just keep going back to Sardinia, but is there no, anywhere no, no, else no, no, that no. you would love no, to go? No, 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 no. See, that, I'm not going back to the island of Sardinia because that is not in my bucket list. I've already done that. I'm doing it. Yeah, you're doing uh, it every uh, year. Yeah, okay, there is a place. There Tell is me. a place that one day I hope that I will have the chance to see. Is the Hawaiian Islands. They are amazing. Have you been there? I have, yeah. I've travelled oh, around there. Oh, you're so lucky. You know why I like the Hawaiian island? And for me, it's a bucket list destination because I used to watch a... Do you remember that show? Uh, was it called Love Island? Love I'm Island? About, I'm talking about in the 70s, 70s, 80s. There used yeah. to be a show of a boat going onto the island and you used to have a, a, a small person greeting the people. No, I don't was remember. Was it called Love Boat or Love Island? One of the two. And it was set in Hawaii. It was a set in Hawaii. You're listening now. As they're listening to us, they're going to shout to the radio. Say, he was called this. He was called that. He wasn't called this. He was called the other. I probably said Love Island because uh, of the new shows and stuff. But I think it was called Love Boat, mm -hmm. if I remember right. Okay, and uh, it was a TV series which uh, uh, the people were getting off of the boat and going to the island, and they would experience the island and fell in love, and then weird things would happen. And I remember, you know, the flower, you know, they put the. See, I, I, I'm thinking when I get there, I'm going to find all these beautiful ladies who are they going to greet me with those. Flower, uh, uh, the yeah, the flower necklace and coconut everywhere, and this and that, and. Uh, so it's always been a place of my dream. But my wife tells me it's a bit of a pain to get there in a way that you need to get a lot of flights. Is you it, see? You can tell me, Holly. You would do London to LA and then LA to direct to one of the islands, Maui or Oahu. So it's a long, a lot of flying, but it's just two flights. Uh, 
And I, is it worth it for me to keep it in my bucket list or should I tear it up and go somewhere else? Tell me. 100%. So I am um, on my 100th episode of the podcast. Um, I was interviewed about my travel diaries and I picked oh. I picked Hawaii as the first place that I fell in love with. So yeah, keep it on your bucket list. It's it's oh, really I wonderful. See. Yeah. All right. So we got something in common. We all have we all have one island that we like. Absolutely, Good. absolutely. Oh, thank well, you. Well, so wait a second. Much. You haven't seen you haven't seen the island of Sardinia though. No, yet. no, I don't. So at the moment you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Next year I'm gonna get there and I will I'll send you a a message Luciano for, for some tips yes please let us know because I can tell you all the places that you should go to see and if I'm there if I'm there we jump on my boat and I'm going to show you where the dolphins are oh my god well that would be I... top, of, top of my bucket list that would be absolutely magical well Thank that would be the least I can do because I, 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 I enjoy so much this chat that I'm having with you so uh, uh, that, that, that would be my pleasure Thank you, Gino. Those were your travel diaries. It has been an absolute pleasure. Grazie mille. No, prego, prego, prego. Il piacere è tutto il mio. Oh, well, that has to be one of my very favorite episodes. A huge thank you to Gino for joining me on the podcast. And I looked up that Hawaiian TV show. I think it's called The Love Boat because... It's about a cruise ship called the Pacific Princess, so that would make sense, wouldn't it? And you can watch Gino's Italy Secrets of the South on Sundays at 7pm on ITV1 and ITVX. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more from the podcast, don't forget to hit subscribe or if you use Apple Podcasts to press follow so that a new episode lands in your podcast app each week. If you want to be the first to find out who is joining me on next week's episode, come and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Holly Rubenstein and you'll also find me on threads and TikTok. I'd love to hear from you. And if you can't wait until next week, remember, there's the first nine seasons to catch up on. That's over 100 episodes to keep you busy there. Don't forget that all the destinations mentioned by my guests are included in the episode show notes here on your podcast app and listed on my website, thetraveldiariespodcast.com. Thanks again, everyone. Take care and I'll be back next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.